talk, the opinions, the panel. Ben Strang and uh, Daniel McCarty uh, with us this morning, and uh, it's been a rough 36 hours for Wellingtonians, and uh, still finding out finding out the extent of that fire down there. Ben, uh, how are the community holding up down there? Um, yeah, I mean it came as a massive shock, obviously, to wake up to yesterday. Um, people are very saddened by by the reports coming out of it. Um, at least six dead and, and some others missing, which is um, tragic. Uh, I think it's, for some people, it's turned to anger as well. Um, you know, so many questions about how this sort of thing happens in, in Wellington, how it happens in, in New Zealand in general. Um, you know, why the building didn't have sprinklers, why there weren't better protections in place for a building with 92 apartments, you know, like it just doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, and also, you know, anger about the fire service and not their performance as such. The firefighters are were heroic. But how the hell in New Zealand do we send our firefighters to these life-threatening jobs without the equipment they need? It's come out since the fire that uh, Wellington's supposed to have two trucks with ladders on it for this situation. One of them's broken down at the moment, so they only had one truck with a ladder there. Um, sure. Last year when the other truck broke down, um, they were at a job and... The, the ladder froze. The fire and emergency said, you know, not to worry. Um, it, it's not going to be a big problem. Plus, uh, they tried to re- reassure people by saying the ladders are never really used for, for saving people. They're just a tool to help fight fires. Well, yesterday, five people were pulled off the roof using that ladder. Um, it, you know, in a, in a week when – sorry to rant about this, but in a week when we've had a, uh, you know, a, a rugby player um, die uh, – you know, quite a shock to people, and you see the notes after each article saying, um, you know, giving mental health charities and that sort of thing that you can approach. You, you've got a fair idea of how it happened. These firefighters are the ones who attend some of those terrible calls, and then we're sending them to these sorts of events with with a lack of support, with with the, not not having the equipment that they should have. I just, I think people in general are infuriated about it. I I can't understand how this is allowed to happen. And hopefully this will spark some some massive changes to both building laws, but but how we're treating the fire service. We need to fund them properly. Okay, very interesting, Ben. I had, uh, you filled me in on some information there. I had absolutely no idea about um, Daniel. Um, obviously, hometown for you as well. Um, not too good. Uh, just up from the the basin reserve. Yeah, indeed. Just down the road, Smithy. Good morning to you and to everyone and to and to Ben. Um, I lived a street over from that place. I, I'm, I was a Newtown boy for many, many years. Uh, absolutely love and adore that part and just uh, completely uh, overwhelmed by uh, the, the pure horror of the scenario. And all those broader questions Ben has very, very aptly raised uh, do need to be uh, considered long and hard. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm just shocked and stunned and just cannot comprehend... Um, what the families and extended friend networks are actually going through for those who've lost their life. Right, okay. Um, We've got uh, that side of it out of the way. We'll do some sport very shortly. We've got to take a news break. When we come back, um, there is a suggestion that uh, Richie Moonga is the greatest super rugby player of all time. Of all time, Daniel McCarty. I'll give you about two minutes to mull over that one. We'll be back soon. The panel.
10.33, Ben Strang, Dan McCarty uh, with us this morning, a couple of devout Wellingtonians. So uh, I've given you a couple of minutes, uh, McCarty, to, to sort through this. There is a suggestion when you look at the uh, Crusaders record and Moanga being the pivot, um, that uh, he's the greatest super rugby of all time. Um, one pundit, Sam Gibbons, thinks so. How, how say you? Uh, and this is nothing against Sam. He's uh, He's been asked to throw out his hot take. I think it's under the list, hot takes. Um, uh, but I'm a little bit confused to say Mwanga, the greatest super rugby player of all time. In the same sentence, or the next sentence, he says, not the best rugby player to play super rugby. That title belongs to Richie McCaw, as if that's uh, a, a, matter of, a matter of fact as well. But the key sentence I think he's getting to, he's been the most important player on the best team in rugby history. Boy, oh boy, uh, we, we could just open up the line, Smithy, and actually ask which Crusader sides were the best in rugby history. Uh, what about the three-peat side of 98, 99, 2000, and won four and five years? Uh, this is really hard to determine. Uh, what, what, what does the greatest mean? Um, the most important player? Uh, well, without Sam Whitelock, does Richard Mwanga win all those titles? I, I find this, this really difficult. But I, I think there is a bias, Smithy, towards first five eights um, when we do lists like this. I, I think if you asked uh, people to come up with the greatest, you know, Super Rugby players of all times, uh, all time, I, I think first five eights would uh, be disproportionately um, featuring in that list. Whether it's you know Carlos Spencer and his three titles, Heck, Andrew Murden's what, I think won five titles before he swanned off into the night. Carter won three. Mornay Stain won three. They'll all get sort of a. Um, get their votes. It's a really complicated one. I, I find it quite a vexed one to get my own head around. If you're to push me on it, I'll probably go, based on my eye test, I'll still say Dan Carter. I, I think I, I'm still a Dan Carter fan, but Richie Mwanga uh, in modern times, absolutely sensational and, and would certainly be in the compensation, no doubt. Okay, uh, Ben String, I've got to give you a chance to throw a Wellingtonian in the mix. Oh, well, Holwell. by and large, I... By and, large, by and large, I very much agree with what Daniel said. I think that's um, he's sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you if you're talking a Hurricanes player and and uh, my my Wellington slash Carpety Coast bias, I, I'm I'm heading straight to Christian Cullen. Um, Christian Cullen was incredible in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, one of the most talented players you'll ever see. So, I mean, that that's one of the names that I came up with. I I, I also think just sort of possibly a little bit underrated, is Brody Retallick, if, if you're wanting to look at one of the current players. Um, Brody Retallick for a very long time. I remember talking to um, people who work for the All Blacks, and they have their own little rating system for players. And so some players will, will average, let's say, a 7 out of 10 over the season. One week they'll be a 4, the next they'll be a 10. There's just a little bit of inconsistency. Brody Retallick would average sort of an 8 out of 10 level, and he'd do it every single game. Um, that sort of consistency, I think, is probably... Um, the sort of thing that makes me think Brody Retallick's another great great name to have there. But I agree, Dan Carter, uh, it's hard to go past him as the greatest player that's played Super Rugby. OK, right. Uh, let's uh, talk uh, on rugby again. Um, interesting for Tawira Kupalo now playing as uh, rugby for La Rochelle. Very successfully too. He's uh, one of the top-ranked uh, halfbacks uh, on that side of the globe. Uh, there was some talk of him uh, being considered to be a Wallaby. Is there any consideration for um, him to be an All Black, or are we well enough stocked in that area, Ben? 
Uh, I, no, he's not going to be an all-black again. Uh, I, I also doubt that he's going to be a wallaby again. I think he himself has said with the change in coaching over there that it's very unlikely. But um, as well as he might be playing in Europe, we're pretty well stocked, it appears, with, with halfbacks who are playing really well in super rugby. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a logjam in some respects. So... Uh, no, I don't think that makes any sense. He was a he was a good servant when he was in New Zealand, but he is not the kind of player that I think New Zealand rugby would break their own rules to to bring into the squad. Uh, in fact, I don't see any player at this point, if they were to head overseas, that they would break those rules for. Bowden Barrett, Richie Moanga, whoever it might be, I don't think that they're going to start selecting them if they're playing overseas. Tawara Kubalo, definitely not going to play. Uh, you feel the same, Daniel, or do you think there's uh, scope for him? Uh, not in a black jersey. There's always scope, I, I think, down the Australian path. Oddly enough, uh, if you look at the Australian setup, they're quite well stocked at scrum half, so that's probably gone against him. This is actually nothing new. His original dialogue with Australian rugby uh, started with Dave Rennie when Dave Rennie was in charge, uh, but more recently, as Ben has intimated, it doesn't look like he's in the thinking of the new head coach, Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones invited seven players, uh, Smithy, from overseas for a training camp recently, including someone from La Rochelle. It just wasn't Tawera Kerbalo. That was uh, the hulking lock, you might remember, Will Skelton. So if there's an injury to a McDermott, a Gordon, or a White, or, or one of the... the the, the scrum half, certainly he'll be considered, I, I would think, but it, it does look like an outside chance of that. Uh, uh, only in Canary Yellow, though. OK, only in Canary Yellow. Fair enough. Right, uh, Nathan Lyon, uh, the GOAT, they call him in Australia, reckons Australia sweep the ashes. Um, I suppose he's just getting into a few uh, heads over there, a few English heads and provoking some headlines, but um, uh, I've seen an England squad named, which does not include uh, Joffre Archer, doesn't include being folks either um, I've, I assume it I'm reading the right stuff Johnny Besto is the wicketkeeper what have you made of that Daniel? Well, well firstly disappointment that we won't get to see Jofra Archer um, go toe to toe with uh, the Australians uh, it only ever looked like Smithy coming back from that injury that he might only be available from test for test two test three but he's had a reoccurrence of that uh, elbow injury it's a stress fracture in the elbow so Huge concern for his uh, long-term uh, health, I would guess, with back and elbow issues over the last um, couple of years. I know he's had a fleeting return to international cricket back in March in the one-dayers and T20s, but this kid's only played 13 test matches, and I'd hate to think of it. we'll never see him again in white because uh, he's just a pure excitement machine. Ben Folks, I, I think, was one of the wisdom cricketers of the year and, and sort of overlooked on that English side. Um, and him... Um, to be cut as harsh, but the guy they're bringing back, Johnny Bairstow, they couldn't leave him out. The guy was just incredible. Look what he did against New Zealand in that test series last year. Um, they are very well stocked there. It's a luxury, uh, that one, but a, a real disappointment that uh, Josh Arch is there. And uh, good on um, Nathan Lyon uh, uh, for sticking his neck out, um, but actually being a little bit more classy. Remember, I, I do believe before one Ashes series, he said they wanted to end some careers. Uh, I'm glad he's just sticking to uh, picking 5-0, as every Australian cricketer must do by, by law in Australia, it does seem. Ben String, uh, wasn't that long ago that uh, Matt Paris, who's the CEO of... Sorry, not uh, Jason Paris, who's the CEO of... Uh, one New Zealand got himself uh, in Stuck 
Uh, a week later, uh, we find that uh, the same referee and the same guy in charge of the bunker have been dumped by uh, the NRL themselves. Wow. What do you make of that? Uh, there's definitely a sense of irony there, isn't there? Uh, I, you know, referees can make mistakes, and uh, and and New Zealand fans have have every right to feel like they've they've been on the wrong side of them. I, I think part of that is that unfortunately the Warriors have been a losing team over a, a fairly long period of time, and I do believe that winning sides seem to make their own luck. It doesn't matter what sport it is. But when referees make mistakes, as had happened in that game, and it was completely obvious, uh, I think that the the governing body has to make changes. And this is an admission that perhaps in in at least those circumstances in that game, Jason Paris was correct. And 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 it is good that the NRL have made this move. I think it would be good if there was a little more transparency around that when things happen. Uh, but but a good move by the NRL, and hopefully um, th- this referee does come back and uh, and improves. They can learn from these mistakes and become better referees. Ben String and uh, Dan McCarty have been with us on the panel this morning. Uh, gents, uh, thank you very much for your time and your opinions, and uh, enjoy uh, the rest of the week, and let's uh, hope there's some better news coming out of uh, Wellington, uh, your beloved. Um, throughout this investigation today, but uh, I doubt it. It's 10.42 here on SCNZ.